Hello and welcome to the Radical Imperfectionist Podcast, a show where together we work to embrace who we are, to grow into our own allies, and to become a source of empowerment for ourselves and those around us. Hello, my lovely friends. How's your week been? I would love to hear anything from you guys. I love it when you send me messages. You can actually send me a message on Anchor. You can send me a message on my website, theradicalimperfectionist.com, under contact me. You can message me on Instagram, whatever floats your boat. But I would just love to hear how you're handling life lately. Have you noticed a change in the way you respond or bounce back when you struggle? I really hope so. And if you're new to the podcast, welcome. Thank you so much for joining me. You'll get used to my typical banter. Here we go. This past week has been fantastic for me. It's amazing how therapeutic this work is and how much I need it. The work of personal development is really a personal healing journey. I've said before how cool it is that we talk about growth and yet it really is as though we're not becoming something new, but yet unbecoming what we've been trained sort of by our cultures and by our brains to to be and how to experience the world. We are not the people we present to the world. We are experiencing the world on the inside of this being. And the more we let go of things that have been unhelpful, the freer we become. The freer we become in experiencing life more without that being um, dragged out of the experiences and into the drama of what we make all of it mean for ourselves unintentionally. And the more we also see that all of it has been a beautiful journey, even though it might have been rough and messy for most of us anyway. Anyway, today I want to talk about decisions. I know that's a difficult topic to discuss as perfectionists, but that's kind of my jam. I like to talk about the tough ones because that's where we need to grow, grow, right? And that's kind of what I've been working on so much lately and why I've been a little bit missing in action. That is something I've really needed to work on lately. The truth is perfectionists struggle with decisions more than a lot of people because of the dialogue we have in our heads around our actions. Because as perfectionists, By default, we tend to make our value so heavily weighted in our actions that we measure our worth in light of those um, perceived successes or failures in carrying out the very doing aspects of our, our life, our everyday journey. Not just how well we have done, but judging any possible flaws. This can result in copious amounts of procrastination and indecision and confusion, really, and it's just plain exhausting. When we're not deciding, it doesn't lessen the burden. Quite the contrary. The lack of finalized decisions compiles into a mountain of to-dos in the form of choices queued up that we must make, and that can be daunting and overwhelming, and it's energetically draining. It's quite a burden. As Brooke Castillo says, decide to want what is or decide to change. It's really the first step. It's the first step in our freedom. And obviously it starts with your thoughts, but those decisions, something has to happen. And that's the catalyst. 
This habit of not deciding is the enemy, not just of productivity, but of action in general, until we actually start making decisions on how to think or what to do and and when we do certain things or how we live our lives. And making decisions easier for ourselves, we don't act. When we don't act, we feed the inner critic and the inner critic gets louder and stronger and we believe what we're thinking more often, thoughts um, that are on autopilot that our brains default to, which keep us stuck in indecision. If we want to grow, we must act. But in order to be willing to act, we must first not only face where we are and what is in our life, but we must also embrace all of it. I don't mean we accept the way we currently live our lives as our ceiling and settle there. No. We have already been doing that by not deciding because we are trapped until we have made a choice. I'm saying we have to embrace what is beyond our control. We have to stop grabbing onto the decisions we have made and actions we have taken in the past, which fuel our fear of moving forward. That is really easy to say, but in order to do that, we have to understand ourselves. When we look at those things we hold over our own head with judgment and punishment and loosen our grip enough to unfurl our hands, then we can see the circumstances. When we can climb into our own shoes from when we made a decision and get curious, we can first give ourselves compassion and empathy, seeking to reveal and understand where we were at and why we made the decision we did and acted as we did. Also, this doesn't mean we need to go to years of therapy, and I'm not saying therapy is not amazing choice, and I'm also not saying that this will happen overnight, but simply climbing into our own shoes will help us find compassion for ourselves that's necessary, not only to uncover the thoughts that led to those actions, but to change the thoughts themselves. We have to dissect them. That's this work. Once we can understand ourselves, then we can change the thoughts surrounding those actions that we took. We can understand why we felt the way we did and it starts to kind of make sense. But we can also see plainly how whatever thoughts we were thinking that led to those actions were not helpful for us. That is a key here. And yes, the key to making decisions like most anything in life lies in your thoughts um, about decisions. Perfectionists are so fearful to make mistakes or to screw up, that they will avoid deciding on so many things. That's how we tend to view decisions. We fear that even with the seemingly insignificant decisions, there's always a right and a wrong. It's black and white. We fail to see the gray. We think that if there is a best way to do something, we have to do it that way, forgetting that as humans, we do not have the capacity to give it all to everything. That doesn't make us failures. That doesn't mean we are falling short. That simply means we need to understand human limits, give ourselves credit for all that we do, and permission not to do all of the things 100%. I keep having to relearn this one, seriously, over and over, and I'm getting so much better, but it's a progressive thing for me. And by that, I mean that my natural tendency A habit I have from years of thinking one way and reacting to those powerful thoughts in my habits is to judge everything I do to an impossible standard. Seriously, I have to keep practicing thoughts now that remind me that I cannot do it all, I'm not supposed to, 
and that when I try to do it all, I will do none of it well. When I measure all of my actions to an impossible standard, I waste my time, I waste my energy and my focus on ruining my own life basically, rather than hugging my kids and laughing at my awful, hilarious and sometimes utterly idiotic mistakes. Instead of seeing these mistakes as simply like a toddler falling down as she learns to walk. We are all learning. This week, the memory verse that I have with the kids is around this very idea. And one I want you to practice this week. So write this down if this really compels you. Failure is misunderstood learning. Again, failure is misunderstood learning. It's true, failure is simply a lens. You get to take off the failure lens and put on the learning lens if you choose. And if you want to move forward in life, this is key. You will not be able to move forward while preventing mistakes and imperfection. You will simply stay stuck in inaction, wishing and hoping and dreaming while simultaneously shaming and judging yourself, comparing yourself to a haphazard concoction made of the best parts of all the people you know, their their best parts, a total false image of perfection. This is what kept me from taking a leap when I had finished studying nutrition into actually using my certificate to help people because I didn't know it well enough. I, I told myself I wasn't yet an expert. I needed more practice first. I didn't know it all. And because so many people knew more than me and I kept reminding myself that because I didn't want to mess it up, I didn't want to be found out as an imposter who didn't know it all or to be proved as the imposter I felt I was because my mind was really so untamed of all of those mean thoughts that I heard running through my mind all of the the time. It was so overwhelming. This doesn't just go for big decisions, but also for little ones. We lose motivation to do things because we don't believe we can. We've trained ourselves to respond to fear instead of to freedom as our motivator, and it reinforces lies about what we are capable of. Additionally, as I already mentioned, decisions take energy, and when you are wasting energy remaking decisions you've already made over again, you know what I'm talking about, you out there, or wasting energy on decisions that don't matter very much, This leads to a deficit of energy needed to make other decisions or hold to other decisions already made. When we're trying to do all of the things, figure out what all of the good things are and do them all perfectly, we burn through that energy pretty quickly and end up just unable to go forward with any self-control pretty much. When this happens, again, we're on empty and then we consume. We need coffee, treats, food, alcohol, social media, more content, more, more. We become frazzled and have nothing really to give. We can't give to ourselves. We can't even stick to what we had previously decided, like I said, because there's nothing left to put toward implementation. What I'm learning to do is to simplify automate and make as many decisions as I can in advance, decisions that are perpetual as I can so that I can honor decisions I make when I make them and honor myself by being trustworthy to myself and following through on those decisions and not in running myself ragged over dissecting a decision after the fact to whether it was right or wrong. 
Once the decision is made, I try to let go and continue on until perhaps I find something in my life that isn't working and then I reassess and I'm able to shift gears if needed. A huge tweak that I learned again from Brooke Castillo is that we have to change our beliefs about every decision being right or wrong. We hold too much moral weight in even the small decisions, fearing the consequences of the wrong decision. The truth is, our decisions are not always going to be the most optimal in theory, and there will be difficult consequences. We need to use our moral compasses, sure, but beyond that, it's out of our hands. And if you believe in something greater than yourself, a creator who is orchestrating good in the universe, then you have to work on your thoughts here because God has your back. You will be learning and learning is struggling. God wants us to learn, so that won't be avoided, but the expectation was never perfection. Think about it, pray about it, make a deadline and decide. Go with what your hero says, not your inner critic, and allow the consequences of your choices to drive you toward learning more. Sometimes you'll make a poor choice and you will have phenomenal results, maybe. And sometimes you might make an incredible choice and the results turn out terrible. You are in charge of your actions. You are in charge of what you believe, what you think, what you feel, and then how you show up in the world with your actions. You're not in charge of the world and the outcomes. You are not supposed to avoid struggle. Even though your brain will try to convince you of this with every fear tactic known to man, but you will learn that if you are learning, you are succeeding. It's the ing. You're still going. Again, repeat after me. Failure is just misunderstood learning. If you're not a believer in God or a higher power, you still understand that you can't control it, I hope. (laughs) Hopefully you can get on board with the idea that all of the stress and fear and shame and of consequences of your actions in life have not helped you to move forward and learn. That is cause for surrender to outcomes. That is cause for letting go of what you just can't control in the name of finding freedom in living your life where your power actually resides, in your freedom your freedom to choose. When you decide with all of this in mind, rather than with all of your fears in mind, you reinforce your freedom. When you decide, you are recognizing that you get to choose, and then you're choosing to move forward. So many of the decisions that we struggle with are not of moral nature. They're neutral, but our thoughts have a habit of making them mean so much more for us about us and because we don't know this mental chatter is even taking place we don't know we can change it and thus we we just feel terrible about our perceived laziness or lack of ability to make decisions many of you have heard about the activity called rewriting your story and i talk about that in several of the podcasts because it's such a powerful way that you can change the emotions that you have by changing the thoughts you have about certain circumstances. And you do this by changing the story you're telling you yourself. It's actually a very simple process. And so I broke it down on a little worksheet that you can get by texting the word imperfect to the number 22828. Again, text the word imperfect to the number 228. It'll prompt you for your email address and then we'll send right to your inbox 
a link to that worksheet. It's very powerful. You'll also get updates on the workbook as it comes out and any other resources that I have going out. I don't send too many emails, but it is a very helpful way to stay up to date and to get that worksheet. So I hope that's helpful. It was by popular demand and I hope you have an amazing day. Not everybody struggles with decisions. For me, this is huge. And like I said, I'm tackling it head on the last several weeks, which has been a lot of work, but so fruitful in my life. So if this is a daunting task for you that's been looming over your head, decide to work on your decisiveness. I promise it will be worth its weight in gold. So this might seem vague until now because we're making decisions all day long so I want to get a little bit more detailed in how I've been implementing these changes in my life regarding decisions and hopefully that clarity will help a little bit. I've been proactive about a brain dump. I um, have a notebook or a piece of paper close by and so whenever I think of something I jot down any ideas so they don't take over my mind. They don't kind of run me ragged. And each morning I try to do just a generic brain dump and just let everything out of my mind. I write down whatever comes to my mind. It just, it flows out of your subconscious when you're writing. And that is really helpful to allow you to reflect on it. But a key here is not judging and just allowing the things onto the piece of paper, if that makes sense with all my really fancy terms. <laughs> if I get an idea about something and I write it down, my brain seems to sort of calm down about it because I think I'm not afraid I will forget it anymore. And then at the end of the day, I review that paper. And it's amazing how many fire drills come through this way. And by the end of the day, I know they're not important. So I've written it down, the day has gone on, and at the end of the day, when I look at it, I know it's not that important. So it doesn't take a decision other than to decide it's not important and cross it off. (laughs) Or it is important and then I schedule it or do it right away. I've been making as many decisions that I can on things that don't matter to preserve my energy for bigger decisions later on. Things such as, what we will have for breakfast in the morning and what my morning routine is and what time I will get up and what I will wear and our weekly schedule, our daily rhythm, my bedtime routine. Uh, Again, when I'll get up, but also when I go to bed and when I'll put my phone away and keeping in mind my needs and everybody else's needs. I even started to decide that I would only do social media a few days a week. I won't put the pressure on myself anymore to post on social media more than a couple of times a week because the difference it makes in my life and time management when I don't have that going is huge. And I made a decision that I would do one podcast episode every two weeks um, at least, but it wouldn't be every week anymore so that I have more time to enjoy with my boys. I decided ahead on what chores we will do every day generally or at least each week and what time I make dinner. And all of those things have been so helpful. And again, this might sound way too structured for some of you or or seem that way, but the thing that is interesting is that this is a rhythm and not a rigid schedule. And by that, I mean that there are days when we go rogue and I'm okay with that, but I have in advance taken a lot of pressure off myself to decide on so many of the mundane things that tend to drain me of energy in the moment. 
And now I just feel more freed up to focus on taking action in my life that aligns with my goals. I also feel like this leads you toward budgeting your time and understanding as a perfectionist that you never have as much time as you think in a day. And I tend to, when I'm not really looking at how much time I have in a day, I tend to put too much on my to-do list. Surprise, surprise. That's kind of what we're talking about with decisions. But if you put too many things on your to-do list to decide or to do, then you are setting yourself up for failure, obviously. But that is something I avoid because I don't want to face the fact that I can't do all the things. And that's a subconscious thing I've been working on as well. It can be really tricky. Now, regarding goals, I am working on envisioning what I want in my life, but also on loving what I already have. Gratitude, obviously. You've heard that a thousand times, I'm sure. But in that, I'm able to see the next best step in the areas that I'm actually working towards. So for example, I'm working little by little on my workbook. That is important to me and it actually fills me up, but I also want to put more focus into our adventures as a family, camping trips and traveling and exploring together and really enjoying it and bonding and being present. And the more that I do the thought work and the practices of being aware, the less busy I want to be and the more I'm comfortable sitting with where I'm at mentally and wanting to connect in the present moment. So I'm making decisions to take steps every single week towards these things. I usually have a day each week or sometimes just several back to back in the month where I work on decluttering the house, garage, phone, and our schedule. And just, it's a decision that I've made and it makes it so much easier for me to find renewal and peace because one of my biggest goals has to do with finding more and more freedom myself and spreading that to other women. So one of the biggest decisions I've made is that from five to seven every morning is sacred time for myself. I get up, I walk, I pray, I meditate, I do writing exercises, journaling, reading books, gratitude, stretches, sometimes not all of it obviously, if I get taken away in one of those areas. And this starts my day aimed perfectly in the direction of my main goal. It starts me with peace and gratitude and joy and filled up. And when my boys wake and when I have coffee with my husband, I am ready for the day and I'm ready for my life to take on what it is. And when I'm not feeling well, that time might look like extra sleep and less productive morning. And I'm learning to listen to the fluctuations of my cycle, but regardless, It is a sacred time that I choose now to dedicate to my mental health and physical health and growth and just feeling good so I can enjoy my life and love everyone around me. And if you're listening to this and that just sounds like something that you wish you had but you can't, maybe you have really young children, you have babies and you're nursing, you're barely sleeping, maybe you go to work and... Maybe you homeschool and you have more kids than I do, whatever it is, and this just sounds like something to measure yourself against, that is not the goal here. What I'm sharing with you is some ways that I'm implementing different things because I'm trying to practice a lot of the things I'm learning before I share it with you, and I've been practicing this for a while to reap the rewards. 
but your life is going to look different. So look at your life and look at your days with honest reflection as to what you need and what would start your day well, or maybe it's ending your day well. For me, I I love starting the day that way and I was never a morning person before, but for you, it might be ending the day well and that sets your brain right before you go to bed so that when you wake up, you feel refreshed and renewed and full and whatever it is. So I'm not saying that you have to do it the same way. These are just some ways that I've implemented. A lot of you have been struggling with decisions you're sitting on that you need to make. And I'm not saying that you need to do the thing you're contemplating. Quite contrarily, you need to decide to do it or not. It doesn't mean you never do the thing. And it doesn't mean you you can not schedule it for some point in the future, but having it loom over you as a daunting and haunting should is only taxing your energy and draining you of presence in your life. So today, I encourage you to write a list of all of the decisions that come to mind. Just write it all on a piece of paper without overthinking it, a brain dump as I like to call it, as I already said, and then take a look at that. It feels exhausting to see all of the decisions to make, right? Now you you have a choice of keeping these decisions looming over your head or making a decision. And I want you just to recognize that you don't need to do all of those things. That's not what I'm saying. In fact, you don't need to do any of them. Should is not a a work a word I like to use unless I'm talking about how they're not helpful. <laughs> Reflect on your list now with a perspective of logic. Is there one thing that you actually feel really good about and want to do, but you're overwhelmed by the quantity of things on your list and you feel like you should be doing one of the other things first? Something that you might be a little bit afraid to do, but you know if you did it, you'd feel great? Can you make a decision to go for it on that one thing and commit to yourself there? It could be anything. It could be calling a friend you lost touch with, something you keep putting off on your list, setting an appointment for a haircut, when everyone else's needs tend to come before yours. Whatever it is, seriously, make a commitment to one of the things that has been looming over your head for a while now and dragging you down, which could actually help you. This will fuel you. Now I want you to find the thing on this list that is just a should. It's just something you think you should do, other people are doing it and it makes you feel like it would, it's just a moral thing that would make you better and you can't not do it, but it's just a should. It makes you feel terrible. Maybe, maybe you heard about it and now you think you should do it, but it, again, it makes you feel crappy just thinking about it because there's no desire whatsoever. And instead of helping your life, you know it will just stress you out more. What if you decided to not do that thing now and just erased it, period? And that was a decision. You're not doing that thing. It's not looming over the head and maybe I will. Or maybe you don't think that you can and it's too scary. What if you decided then that you would not at at least, maybe you wouldn't do it for three months? Decision made. Set a reminder on your calendar for that in three months then. And you now have two less decisions currently on your list. And one of them you will act on and fuel yourself and the other will not drain you by either doing it out of perceived fear or obligation or by sitting on it perpetually. And when I say it's something that is too scary, I'm not saying it's scary and you know it would be good for you. (laughs) By the way, 
Um, I'm saying it's it's something that maybe you think you should do and you're scared of it, but you don't know if you want to. That's what I'm talking about. So, if you could do this regularly, how much less stress would your life have? Don't try to do it all at once. I know you perfectionists. I know you want to just check it all off, but take baby steps because this is a muscle that you want to really strengthen. Your to-do list should not overwhelm you, and having unfinalized decisions looming is like that. You don't have to have all the answers. You don't have to know all the right things or make all the right answers. You don't have to make a perfect decision, but indecision is the enemy of action, and actually having a life that fuels your freedom comes from acting in that freedom. It comes from choices, and if you can't decide, you won't move forward. Far too often, we don't act on what we want because of fear, and we do act or think we should act and overwhelm ourselves out of fear. The more you practice noticing the fear and not allowing it to move you away from what you want, the more you will not be afraid of the fear. And I know that sounds crazy, but all of us have thoughts that produce fear. When we can just understand and accept this fact, then we can stop fearing fear itself and start noticing it like a neighbor you would see on the street. It's there sometimes, like we would do other emotions. And notice it as a cue as to what we are thinking and believing and where we need to do some more thought work. This is the truth, my friends. I'm changing the world first by changing my thoughts. I know that if I can move forward in my life through the fear motivated by freedom and love, I will not stop even if I fall down. And the same is true for you. So a couple of reminders before I go. Perfectionists can tend to think in black and white. Nothing is black and white. You might think it is, but it's not. It's a matter of interpretation. And when we realize this truly and believe it, we can learn to back up when faced with a decision, realizing that there are more than two choices and not be so overwhelmed by the fear that we will be wrong. Take a leap and you will learn so much. Additionally, to gain a perspective in a challenging decision, you can zoom forward and think about it from the lens of your future self or from love. And both of these shifts of perspective can really help you. I know that at least for me, once I've made a decision fully, I'm pretty good at sticking to it. But then I do struggle with commuting to a decision I want to make when I fear the outcome or feel feel like it will take too much energy. I don't want my life consumed. So this has been one of my struggles lately, but reminding myself that decisions don't have to be permanent Reminding myself of the discomfort I'm feeling from not deciding and the energy lost already from having that decision that I want to make but haven't finalized looming over my head is pretty substantial. This also helps me to pull the trigger. It can also help to reshape the situation so I see it as a problem that needs a solution by asking myself better questions like I talked about in last week's episode. Go have a listen if you haven't already. It's awesome. Also, I know that I'm wasting energy in other areas, sometimes by putting too much pressure on myself and sometimes by not giving myself what I know I need and want. And so making tweaks and decisions in those areas fuels me more to have the energy to make better decisions overall. 
I really hope you find this helpful for you this week, my friends. And I hope that you go into your weekend, if you're listening to this before Valentine's Day, with a renewed sense of strength, a little bit less on your to-do list as far as decisions to be made, and lighter shoulders as you release a little bit of your burden. This is Holly Ann Casper, the Radical Imperfectionist. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And if you'd like to stay current on whatever is posted, you can subscribe on iTunes. You can also head over to theradicalimperfectionist.com for other resources. Have a wonderful day.